Welcome to Dollars, Dirhams and our two financial cents. It is the age-old question, the eternal debate, term versus permanent or whole-of-life insurance. Has it ever left you confused or wondering, do you buy term, do you invest the difference or do you buy whole-of-life uh, policy that lasts your lifetime? Today, we have two of our expert financial advisors, Abhishek Datta and Ronak Mehta, who are here to weigh in with their views on this age-old question. Abhishek, a returning guest and special host for the new season, offers financial advice as a wealth manager and financial planner to a diverse set of clientele for over 14 years. Uh, his expertise lies in asset allocation, long-term wealth creation, and creating risk-adjusted portfolios for his clients. His vision is to encourage youth and millennials uh, to take the first steps towards managing their finances. Welcome, Abhishek. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And uh, also with us is Ronak, a returning guest uh, with over 10 years of experience in strategic financial planning, risk management and market research. Ronak aims to empower everyone with the knowledge of disciplined financial planning, which would help them become financially secure and independent. He believes ideas don't change your life. You change your life with the power of great ideas by implementing on them. Welcome, Ronak, to the show. Thank you so much. So first thoughts, um, you know, it's an interesting subject. It is something that I'm sure you've been asked about before. Term life and, you know, whole of life or permanent insurance. I'm going to go uh, to each of you in your mind, from your perspective, you know, if you could think about some of the pros and cons that come to mind immediately when it comes down to you know, one or the other. Uh, Abhishek, do you want to give us a start and sure. share your thoughts? Sure. Um I mean, firstly, getting insurance itself is the first step. Yep. The, the Most of the times, people do not take the first step. Mm. And that's where I feel a term insurance is an easier product that can serve, uh, you know, serve a particular need, sure. which is protecting your life. Now, everyone's uh, view on this subject is diverse, mm. but I believe that everyone has a uh, different need. And okay. depending on that need, um, the right solution is available. Now, if you're starting out in life and or you're a young family, I think a term life insurance is the simplest and easiest thing to put in place. Mm. One of the reasons uh, insurance uh, isn't uh, penetrated enough in this market is because people just don't make the first move. Either they have too many preconceived notions or they think it's too expensive. That problem is taken care of by term insurance. Mm -hmm. Because when it it hurts, if, if you're paying too much money, yeah. uh, people tend not to go ahead and buy something which is, at the end of the day, a financial benefit in the future in case something goes wrong. Correct. So if you can get someone protection for a small amount of money every month, I think you're actually doing a good service to the population by at least getting them to take that first step to acknowledging that there is a need to protect their futures yeah. or their at least their financial futures mm. and then getting the easiest cheapest simplest solution out there uh, to serve that need so but at the same time there are instances where a permanent or a whole life insurance is more viable or is uh, more lucrative for that client sure. from a wealth transfer point of view if you have needs that can you know, you know that you are going to need insurance for a longer period of time. Correct. So it, it's circumstantial, but at the same time, I still feel that in this, in the current scenario, 
a term insurance is a is a simpler easier uh, solution to put in place as an entry point it works correct perfect um ronak i'm uh, i'm going to sort of bring you in here and uh, while not the same question but you know let's take a step back uh, for those of our listeners who don't really aren't really familiar with the term so if you could give us a sort of an overview of you know what is term term life insurance or what is whole of life so the simplest way i explain this to all my clients is there are two ways of buying insurance one is you rent it out or one is you own it mm. now people understand these two terminologies very simply wherein they say okay if you're staying in a house for 10 odd years you're paying a rent mm. till the time you pay rent you can stay in the house and the day you stop paying your rent you have to vacate the house and you cannot go back to your landlord and say give my money back mm. so that's a term insurance which is very simple as you pay for the premium till the time you decide you want the cover Whole of life, the concept is very simple. Let's suppose someone wants to buy a property, mm. so they say, "I decide to take a mortgage." Now you have decided that you're going to pay off your mortgage in next ten to fifteen odd years. Yeah. In fifteen years, once you pay off your mortgage, what options do you have for your house? Either you can sell it and take the money out of it, or either you can stay in that house for as long as you want. Sure. So this is a very simple concept which I try and explain my clients understand that okay, one is. you're renting it out and one is you're owning it for your lifetime so that's what whole of life means you're owning it and you decide that you know i'm i'm going to stay invested in it for as long as i want and the insurance will continue for as long as it can like until age sure. 95 or 100 sure and from from a pros and cons perspective do you think uh, there is i mean what what are your views on that so term insurance definitely as abhishek said is a very simplest way of buying insurance for someone who does not wants to get into too much detail yeah you pay a premium you get covered for an x amount mm-hmm. now whole of life yes some of the solutions i won't say it's complicated but for a layman who has never bought an insurance yes he needs to understand some of the concepts like how does it really works mm-hmm. the in terms of pros and cons i would say whole of life is something which is covering you for your lifetime so that is something which is guaranteed that's going to come yeah. i always has this thing about term insurance wherein i say i was listening to one of the uh, uh, events and once they said term insurance is something which you can say is a gamble between the policy holder and the insurance company no. now why do i say that is because i have bought something but i don't know i win if i die actually my family wins because i died sure. before the term but if i don't that's insurance company wins hmm. so it's very simple as there are instances when i meet clients and they say my father paid insurance from age 30 to late 60 and he passed away at 62 and i never got anything but he did, does not understand the concept that he only took a term for 30 years so the insurance lapsed at age 31 got it got it mm. makes sense and so uh, sort of uh, you know picking up from where uh, ronak's left of abhishek in terms of being able to define a little better who you know who whole of life insurance for or what scenarios whole of life insurance probably is a better option or where is term a better option i mean if you'd like to sort of delve a little more into that sure um from the example that uh, rona gave us um why do i need life insurance at 65 70 what sure. why would my if if say someone has kids usually those kids are independent by that age correct so if wealth transfer is not a primary uh, need mm. then i don't need a whole of life insurance mm. but if one of the things that i'm us- looking at is transferring wealth to my next generation using insurance then yes a whole of life to our whole life policy makes more sense so it it, it depends i am uh, personally of the view that you do not need to transfer wealth to the next generation all the time you can transfer a certain amount of wealth sure or you can I always believe that you know if you have kids you should uh, educate them 
teach or as they said you know teach them how to fish instead of giving them fish so uh and later let them take care of themselves whereas you take care of your own retirement your own uh, life because we are at the end of the day living much longer correct so if we dedicate more of our expenses towards insurance rather than planning for our own longevity and our retirement it could be counterproductive in the long run because at suppose i have a permanent life insurance and at 85 I I I you know I'm not there anymore. Yeah. My family gets a ton of money, but how do I survive till 85? So you have to look at the solution not as a as an individual product, but a, as as a piece of a larger puzzle. Sure. So in that case like I said, wealth transfer or sometimes uh, parents have uh, kids with special needs. Yeah. In those cases those kids will always need some form of support. Correct. In that case, yes, a permanent solution is more I think uh is the right way to go mm. but otherwise again you can I mean let's be honest the difference between the premiums of a of a uh, term life and a whole of whole life can be very very significant sure so it, again it's a it's a it's a give and take yes you're getting for a permanent life insurance but you're paying much higher premiums in multiple sometimes of your term life policy but would you say that I mean uh, that over the period of time uh that sort of stabilizes so i mean yes while i understand in the short term the premiums might be higher on the whole of life uh, side but if you look at the the lower premiums of the term and you multiply it by the term of the plan that you need to to sort of pay to keep it alive wouldn't sort of uh, uh, become roughly around the same so from that perspective it would but why is then why is an insurance company offering you both solutions mm. you have to also look at it from their point of view that if you're upfronting all the charges or you're paying it over a period of 30 35 years it's at the end of the day it's the same thing Correct. i mean so uh, i think uh, from a uh, the guarantees that we we talk about that it's a permanent life insurance it is based on the investments in that policy yeah. where the money is getting invested how that investment performs Correct. so i think that also is something that we can't ignore yeah. um a lot of times these policies if not managed well may not end up giving that permanent life insurance solution so is that something that the that the client is willing to do is he looking to manage that actively like any other investment yeah so these are questions that every client or every prospect needs to think of every person needs to understand correct and then make the right choice like i said both are both provide the same solution but in different ways correct so i mean it, it's an individual preference i personally believe that an insurance should be an insurance and you don't have to uh, you know bother how the market is doing for your insurance to you know uh, cover your needs but uh, but uh, some people might think of it differently so correct. yeah that's my view at least i hear you i mean from from a perspective uh, the message that i'm getting is you know insurance is there to offer peace of mind correct um adding in complexity probably takes away a little bit of that peace of mind ronak how do you sort of look at it from a perspective of and i think what abhishek uh, said is very relevant you know markets can move up and down and at the end of the day uh if the uh if the poli- i mean if the f- underlying investments are into things that are volatile or probably don't perform for whatever reason uh it could end up being something that is a lot more costlier uh do you see that as as something that should be of concern with peace of mind for for a whole of life policy or how do you look at uh, 
the linkage see it depends upon how you have designed the policy initially now you have an option wherein you can choose an x amount of growth rate for your policy what do you assume your policy to do over a period of time for it to sustain now sometimes people go really aggressive with an insurance plan wherein they choose a growth rate over here it is capped at 6% even in european countries or a lot of other developed market it would be capped at 3% or 4% yep. so i would say that is much more you know realistic than going for some insurance policies wherein people end up assuming a very higher growth rate of 7 or 8% and if that does not deliver it yep. and uh, if you're choosing a nominal growth rate of 3 to 4% and you you're putting into some good managed balance fund yes you need to manage it your financial advisor needs to manage it but there are some solutions which have got some active managed multi assets funds which are being automatically taken by the fund managers you can go go with some automated strategy so if you've chosen a very balanced kind of a growth rate and you choose those kind of funds you are at least assured that okay the fund manager who are managing billions of dollars yep. i have invested into that fund he's going to take care of my mm-hmm. investment so that is one solution in terms of longevity i put a lot of emphasis on the critical illness component and not on the life insurance component now you understand life insurance policies have a lot of riders yep. so sometimes most of the people say okay i may not need money to pass on to the next generation but i feel that you know if i retire that does not mean that you know i guess i would need less money but that does not mean that i stop growing old Correct. so for me the most important factor when i look into a whole of life is it's a guaranteed critical illness that you're taking until the age of 95 or 100 yep. and that is for me like i always ask this question to all my clients and prospects have you met someone who has lived till 100 or lived till 95 without any health issues hmm. so for me it's very important i sometimes put more emphasis on critical illness and it's a no brainer people need to understand why do you think the cost of adding a critical illness insurance is more expensive than having a life insurance yeah. because the insurance companies with all the data what they have they also know that this claim is definitely going to come sometime in the lifetime Sure. and that is why they plug in that premium on an extra because they understand that critical illness is a much more expensive proposition from their angle okay. so people actually should look into account okay fine you may not want to have a life insurance and pass on the money to your next generation but would you need money for yourself if something goes wrong with your health because yes you're going to stop work at 60 you're done with your short term liability your commitments with your kids education their wedding yep. but the question is you still need money for your illnesses if something go wrong and yes medical insurance is paid you medical bills Correct. doesn't pays you a lump sum yeah. so in that angle i look at it whole of life yes i would like have want to have a solution in place that's covering me so that i don't have to touch any of my retirement savings or touch any of my investments sure. which i have built for long term just to take care of my expenses related to my critical illness got it so i mean that's adding another dimension into into the conversation and i think uh, you know there is uh, certainly uh, the living benefits uh, under uh, available under as either riders or uh, you know under the uh, life insurance policies definitely make it um make it a different proposition from a planning perspective right right and abhishek uh, so i'm going to come come back to you so adding that dimension into it when you add the dimension of now the riders into it how does that change the approach uh, with regard to you know uh, do you select a, a term policy as the chassis that that sort of rider is on or a, a whole of life or is there some <coughs> sorry combination thereof that you you sort of look at again like i said it it depends on a lot of things there's affordability is a, is a major question um mm. we know for a fact that young families yes uh, it's cheaper to put in place but as you've also understand that as children get older costs of cost of living goes up people upgrade their lifestyles etc so is that something that they can sustain mm. when it comes to the critical illness part 
there is merit to that argument that uh, you know the critical illness should last longer but uh, statistically the average age of critical illness in this country is 49 so a lot of critical illnesses actually globally if you if you know anyone their first heart attack or their first any issue comes between the age of 45 to 60 sure. so if you're covered in those main earning years because what is critical illness at the end of the day mm-hmm. it's an income replacement correct why so you know i mean if you're earning uh, an earning member at that time and your family is dependent on you it gives you a nice income replacement while you work on getting better but if you are not dependent on your income hopefully you've planned well for your retirement and you know you've you've invested the surplus that you saved from a term insurance you should have a nice retirement pot that even with a critical illness you should be able to survive that so again like i said some people may not want to do that they may not do the retirement planning and then in that case a, a whole of life solution will work more for them but like i said again that the average age of a critical illness is quite young today and it's probably getting younger and younger because of our lifestyles so in that case if a term life gives you critical illness till the cover till the age of 65 i think uh, you've covered sure. most of your bases would you look at a combination i mean and if if you do i mean how would you sort of uh, split it uh, so you know from a perspective of uh, the 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 use cases or the the ways that we use you know a term or a whole of life policy or a critical illness policy uh seem to be different so one is more, more legacy end of life that kind of thing the other is more uh, living health that type of uh, that type of thing so um so i mean it can be structured in many ways the the good thing about a whole of life policy is that you can uh, have a custom premium in it so you do not have to stick to the premium that is being thrown at you by the, by the system when you you know you plug in the growth rates and the covers that you're looking at so you can then make it more affordable but again you have to understand that the it will only last as long as you have paid enough into it for it to sustain the cost of insurance for your lifetime mm. so it, which i think is a is an argument that i have for uh, whole of life policies because it can be tweaked at any point of time sure so so if you understand that now the financial literacy is unfortunately a problem in the whole world to try and explain a complicated solution to a client sometimes makes him uh, makes the inertia of buying insurance just worse mm. so again i like to you know keep it stupid and simple in in uh, as uh, uh, you know as simple as that and you know just try and get them to at least protect themselves today once they they understand and they get uh, better at understanding financial uh, you know products we can then change the product or upgrade their life insurance to a whole life proposition so that's i i won't probably give them both at the same time sure. but if they want to upgrade i would then suggest that you've got a simple life solution and life insurance solution why don't you upgrade to something that is a little more comprehensive but again it's again depends on their affordability and understanding of course product um, so abhishek has given us a sense of uh, you know how he would look at it uh, do you have your thoughts on on the same question so you asked if one can also combine and buy the two together so i actually have a couple of clients who have done that mm. now how i designed the solution for them is they say that ronak you know what i'm 30 i have got kids who would settle around the age of 50 now i've got second kid who would settle by the time i'm 55 by the time they get married i should be 60 and i have planned to work till 60 so until 60 i have some short term commitments now these are with related to my kids education 
whether i'm there not there that needs to be taken care of mm-hmm. or whether something goes wrong with my health i don't want to end up touching any of my savings pot or the kids education pot that i've built for them so how i've designed these policies and a lot of people could do it so this guy has got a 1 million dollar term insurance and 1 million dollar whole of life insurance okay now how he look looks at it is my family needs a million dollar for both my kids education by the time they get settled yeah. so he's assigned half a million dollar for each of them and tomorrow if something goes wrong with me my family my wife and my kids who are left they would still need a million dollar as a backup to take care of their living expenses mm. so basically we looked at and boiled down to a number that he needs at least 2 million dollar cover in place now because as abhishek said the whole of life insurance premium cs definitely it is expensive and the reason they are expensive because they are covering you for a much longer period so they know that it's a short short claim that's going to come at some point in time sure. if the policy sustains and survives until 9500 so how you can design it just in case if you want to lower the cost yes you can take something for until 860 so he was very clear my kids would get settled by 60 my commitments would be done i would stop working so yes even if i die or something happens to me after 60 there is no financial income loss on my family so until then he's got a cover of 1 million term plus a 1 million whole of life Unfair. but after 60 something goes wrong he still understand no if i get a critical illness yes i have built a decent enough pot for my retirement throughout all the 30 years that i worked but my don't want to touch that pot i don't want my wife to touch that pot i still need a plan b in place to take care of that mm. so in that to replace it and plus just for a legacy planning for the wealth transfer to the next generation he said no i would also have a million dollar whole of life cover in place sure so this is how a lot of people can actually you know club it and take a blend of both wherein they can keep the premium little less yep. and they could have a decent cover in place at the same time thank you um and i'm going to sort of uh, come to you abhishek with a little bit of a, a twist on that um So while Ronak has given us a sense of you know how do we combine it and how do we uh, look at it, but if you would like, if you could give us an example, either you know uh, we don't need to name names, but if uh, one of your clients or a, a scenario or a situation where there was clarity with regard to you know term made absolute sense, and you know another scenario where yes either a combination or whole of life was sure uh, uh, you know was was desirable. So I mean um I can give you an example of a of a high earning executive um so we presented both solutions to him one was the term and one was the whole of life but uh he saw he the first reaction was this is really expensive because it was four times at least mm. the term insurance premium but I was like but you can afford it but he's like yeah but I don't want to mm. the the thing that we we don't realize is that we are we are giving him a rational argument but human beings are not rational sure so you know i might i might tell him that you know no if you up if you pay this while you're working and while you're healthy you will get the benefit in the long run but he just doesn't want to go through that pain of paying a large amount per month for the next 15 odd years sure so i said fine let's get the uh, term insurance in place for you at the same time i also showed him if he d- invested the difference mm. what we came to as a conclusion was that if he invested that difference for the same period of time which is about 15 years the value at the same growth rate as the whole of life policy would actually be much higher than the cover that he was uh, than the uh, insurance cover that he was receiving mm. so let's say for example he was asking for a million dollars of life cover yeah we were showing illustrating when we were running the scenario that at an x percent of growth rate you would actually end up having 1.3 million dollars instead of a million dollars of cover so let's let's assume that he needed a uh, you know for a critical illness he needed 200,000 300,000 odd dollars yeah. 
at age 75 but if his if his retirement pot is worth 1.3 million dollars can easily take that out of it mm. right so i mean the the point i'm making is so for that client that made more sense sure. so he's not only done the term insurance but he also went in and did not one but three different retirement plans as and when his income went up mm. so that was one scenario the other scenario is where i i proposed again a whole of life because the client was insistent that he didn't want to lose all the premiums he's paying yep. which is a very valid concern that a lot of people have that when i pay term insurance premium i get nothing back correct at the end of 35 years yes i am alive and that should be a cause for celebration but at the same time it hurts that you know they didn't get anything back sure so you know but so i said okay but he's like i can't afford this whole of life premium mm. so then the the flexibility of the whole of life plan came into play where we in actually did the policy at a minimum premium mm. that that the policy allows and increase the payment term to 25 years and i and i wrote it to him i wrote down to him that this is probably not going to last till the age of 95 yep. you will p- have to continue paying and he understood that Correct. he's like today i can't afford but tomorrow i may be able to afford a higher premium sure or i can dump in a a, a large amount as and when i can and that he was okay with so these are the good thing is that these products are flexible yep. but it takes application uh, it takes a little time to you know create and uh, a solution which actually works for that client's needs sure. so you know always rational arguments don't work but you have to be able to you know rationalize at the same time to kind of make them understand that this is this way at least we can you know kind of come to a midpoint uh, at least to you know get the right uh, solution in place hmm. makes sense uh rona quick uh, sort of rule of thumb for life insurance how would you if if someone want to do sort of think about how much life insurance should i buy or how much life insu- insurance should i own uh, what would your sort of quick uh, rule of thumb be so thumb rule we always say it should be 10 to 15 times of your annual income okay plus all the liabilities that you have uh-huh. minus all the assets that you have created minus the existing life insurance policy that you have okay so let's let's dig a little over there right so right. you're saying about 15 10 to 15 times of income so right. that's the the annual salary and any other source or is it just salary so let's say if i'm getting income from investments or savings would that also constitute of part Correct. of that your total income so let's so say to make income. it very simple if someone makes 100000 dollar a year so 15 yeah. times should be 1.5 million dollar but let's say the person also has an outstanding liability of half a million dollars so tomorrow if he's not there so someone has to pay for it so if it's a car loan or if it's a home loan correct. that would count into correct correct most of the like home that. loans in this part of the world you already have an insurance but if you've got some other liabilities you've taken some bank loan for some other commitment so sure. you need to add that up because if you're not there your family needs to pay for it correct. from your life insurance hmm. minus whatever assets you've already created and minus whatever existing so assets, life insurance uh, you have so if you could sort of uh, give us a little color on that in terms of let's say he's got a home that could he owns could be cash at bank gold okay. uh, the businesses that you have invested into so obviously that's an asset that you already built in place correct so you can always the, yeah so you you're looking at that. the difference between whatever you've got as assets correct um, add in the liabilities remove out the assets and right. add in the income when that i say liabilities it also includes your liabilities your commitments that you have for your kids education by the time they settle so you need to add that as well that i've sure. got two kids they would need quarter million dollar each by the time they go to university so that cost also you need to factor factor in perfect abhishek same question but with regard to critical illness so how would you look at it uh, from a critical illness perspective you know rule of thumb uh, some some thoughts in terms of how if someone were uh, listening to this and wanted to sort of determine how much of critical illness they should own uh, 
Sure. So, I mean, um, typically I have seen that if, if say, God forbid someone gets cancer, um, the recovery period could be anywhere between six months to two years. Correct. And it, when you can give examples, and I've seen clients go through something like that, it makes more sense to the client to at least cover two years of income uh, minimum to uh, for the critical illness cover. Mm. Because if you don't recover in two years or... Th- Uh, you know less than that it probably means that uh, you're not going to recover so if you can cover that much at least now again that's a rule of thumb it could be higher someone might might need higher someone might expect their income to go uh, go up um, yeah. in the near future so there are those those concerns that you have to take into account mm-hmm. one thing i would though like to add on the life insurance bit is that when i look at a life insurance i don't look at the income i look at more of the expense okay um because uh typically i'm only trying to cover the expenses that i have planned for the next 10 odd years mm. i'm not looking to cover the income because then maybe you know i mean uh you don't want to profit of the death of your own death mm. you know you don't want to you want to rather just take care of the basic necessities or the the lifestyle that you're maintaining today mm. you want to take care of that so as i mean of course you could look at income you could look at 15 you could look yeah, at yeah. 20 years but I think a reasonable estimate is uh, the expenses. I think that that's, in my opinion, a, a, a better way to you know look at uh, the amount of cover that you you, sure. know, you should get. Sure. I think uh, you know I, while both different slightly sure. slightly different approaches. I mean, you you'd say maybe a twenty percent odd variance on an annual of basis uh, with regard to expenses and income, um, but also it ends up coming down to affordability, right? Because uh the ideal amount of insurance is is a number that's not not very easily achievable for for everyone i mean it so uh, do you sort of look at that from a from a perspective of um you know if a client requires or has a need of 5 million how would you sort of look at structuring that i mean do you do you advise them to sort of put it into place as soon as they can or would you say okay what you can afford build on it uh, and logically that makes the, you know it makes it that that way but when you give them the rule of thumb what is their reaction generally so statistically if you ask i don't think so anyone would know anyone in financial services industry saying my client is 100% insured mm. a lot of people like a lot of people i would say in most of the people are always uninsured because sometimes they don't go back and calculate and sometimes they have a life insurance policy which they never upgrade mm. i always say this thing to my clients if you own a car which is worth 100000 dirham you wouldn't even insure it for 90000 dirham but when you upgrade to a car which is half a million dirham you take an insurance for half a million so over a period of time your as your income goes up your life insurance needs to be upgraded correct so you should always look at uh, you know what i had at 10 years back may not be relevant to me at this point in time now again going back to the rule of thumb yes we need to reach out to clients and tell them this is your rule of thumb but again as i said it boils down to the affordability mm. so you cannot tell a client okay yes you need to 5 million cover in place but the premium is x which you cannot afford now so we're going to wait until you come to a stage when you'll be able to afford this yep. you need to set up something in place because you need to understand whatever they are buying today it's actually fixing the cost at that age for that cover amount okay. so if they've taken a half a million cover today where the, when they need a 2 million dollar yes they can upgrade from half a million to a million dollar next year or 5 years down the line but at least on that half a million dollar your cover is already you know your premium is fixed yep second most important thing a real life incident scenario which happened with me i have a client who has a million dollar insurance with a quarter million dollar critical illness yep. and i remember i pitched him that you know you should take a half a million critical illness but he says quarter million is enough mm. for me so a lot of times people come back and ask me can i upgrade whenever i want i say yes you can upgrade whenever you want but the catch is you should be healthy at that point in time Correct. so what happened with this client 
he got type 3 diabetes after 3 years and he was hospitalized so when he got discharged from the hospital he calls me and says ronak you know what i know you remember you pitched me half a million dollar critical illness as well now let's make my quarter million dollar a million dollar critical illness <laughs> so it's like you're going to an insurance company and taking a fire insurance for a house that's already on fire so i used to earlier say this that yes you can upgrade whenever you want but now whenever someone asks me can i upgrade whenever i want i said yes subject to health conditions correct because the money that you have only pays the premium but your health buys insurance mm. so we need to at least tell and at least explain the client the rule of thumb is important but at least start with something whatever you can right now sure. and slowly gradually you can build it up and looking at like the way you upgrade your car you can also look at upgrading your life insurance and again coming back to life's real life scenario i actually have a 23 year old young boy who started with a half a million dollar insurance and realistically like every year now i've been dealing with him for 5 years every year he goes back and comes to me and says that you know what i want to make my cover 100000 dollar more mm-hmm. so in 5 years down the line a 23 year old boy now is 28 his cover has increased from half a million dollar to 1 million dollar mm-hmm. so that's what a lot of people do they keep upgrading keep it upgrading. over a period of time no i think that uh, that's an important message as well um, and uh, being able to um, go back to your clients as well and talk to them about the needs at the particular stage of life because like ronak said one is uh, obviously age but the other would be commitments right abhishek would would you like to sort of look at and give us an answer and you know whether it's term or whether it's whole of life at the end of the day how how does a, a client whose needs are changing look at insurance would there be something that you recommend for someone who's young and uh, either single vis-a-vis someone who started a family and is progressing towards uh, life so i mean uh, for me uh, the need doesn't change whether you're single or you're married because eventually you most people at least want to get married and have a family right. so the uh, the youngest person that i have uh, sold life insurance to which was exactly 11 years back was a 22 year old mm-hmm. he wasn't married didn't have kids uh but he could afford to pay for a 2 million dollar uh, life insurance cover and he was keen on getting that in place today he's 33 he has a kid he has a wife and he has a 2 million dollar life insurance cover that's pretty much uh, uh what he was looking for for the future based on his estimated uh, net worth uh what what he foresaw okay. so uh for me i think that that's an important message that you today you might not think you need it mm. but uh today you can get it so while you can get it and if you can afford it get it today correct right when you want it you might not be able to get it yeah. and you might then it might be unaffordable if you if he was 30 imagine the premium difference between 22 and 33 so i was going to come to that right i mean so you said you know, 22 year old and you know similar uh, ronak in your case what would the premium differences be so if you buy it at the age of maybe 20 and maybe we can we don't need actual numbers but you know even round figures would sort of suffice so uh, a 10 year gap 22 and maybe uh, you know in their 30s so i i, I don't know what would cost if he's 33 but i can tell you that he paid 8000 dollars a year mm-hmm. uh in a whole life policy for 11 years so and he's 22 and he when he was 22 So for $8000 he paid pretty much $88000. Mm. So look at the cost benefit Correct. for $88000 he's got a life cover of $2 million. Of $2 million. Yeah. Now, now a lot of people will say you know investments are important and you know sure. first thing the first thing that anyone does in India or anywhere in the world is I start investing my first salary I started investing mm. but no other investment will give you these kind of yeah, uh, these kind of returns. I mean hopefully you never have to cash out of that return sure. but Uh, at the same time i think the first foundation of anyone's life uh, at least their financial planning is a life insurance and a critical illness protection without that no matter how many investments you do 
it's not going to be able to supplement that emergency need of cash that you'll you'll have so hopefully you never need it like i say you know when you when you ride a bike hopefully you never need to test whether the helmet works <laughs> right yeah, but absolutely. it's always good to have it in place completely agree uh closing thoughts uh, you know a whole of life term insurance or insurance uh ronak so none of the solutions are bad i would say again it's relevant to what an individual needs yep now i don't know which insurance came first but before this podcast i was actually going and checking when did the insurance actually started mm. so if you actually google it started in 1583 So I don't know whether it was term but if it was term then whole of life actually started a few centuries later or few years later because someone thought that this is not what I need I actually need a cover for lifelong or probably if it was whole of life term came into picture because a lot of people said no probably I don't need a whole of life I need a cover till 60 sure. so I'm saying the reason both these insurances exist today because it's catering to different needs so it's absolutely completely depend on the individual there are clients 95% like i have a whole of life insurance for me and my wife 95% yeah. of my clients have whole of insurance because i don't know whether i convinced them or they were convinced with it but there are few people who are very clear they're like you know i only need term i don't want to give any money to my kids i'll have a decent pot for my retirement but i always say okay even if you have a decent pot for your retirement why would you want to touch it in case something goes wrong with regards to critical illness sure. so again as i said none of the solutions are bad all are good but again affordability is one one factor that you need to look into but again sooner the better so one thing i would like to add is i have 28 of my clients who have taken whole of life insurance for their kids at the age of 18 hmm. so i have it diarized in my calendar saying that you know these clients say i have taken it at 40 i have taken it at 42 let me let me know like you know as soon as my son turns 18 so i think parents can actually do this wherein they can take a, a step for their kids wherein because they missed the bus they can put a plan in place so by the time and this is what few of my clients say I've taken a 15 year term or a 20 year term till the time my son is working is not working I'll pay for it sure. so let's say I'll pay for 6 7 years by the time he's 25 he'll start paying so if an 18 year old uh, starts a life insurance for a 15 year term a whole of life the premium is going to be substantially low so parents pay for 7 years the kid starts working at 25 he pays for 7 8 year by the time he's 33 he's already got a fully paid up life insurance policy until the age of 100 got it so that's also one thing the okay. flexibility part is the one of the most important part wherein you know in a term plan if someone takes a 30 stops at 35 because of financial commitment even if you miss 3 months premium and you come back and then you cannot reinstate the plan for the same premium sure. in whole of life you can always take a break because you have paid that extra money for days wherein you won't have money to pay for the premium so that extra premium that you paid initially is taking care of your insurance cost so that's also one thing sure. and uh, in terms of you asked how much the cost keeps increasing on an average i have seen the difference in the premium is 5% every year mm. so on an average if you see a life insurance if you have delayed it for 10 year the insurance cost would have gone up by nearly 50% to what it would have costed you 10 year back sure interesting no um closing thoughts abhishek i think uh, ronak makes a very convincing argument but uh, <laughs> uh, i think it's not one size fits all i think that's rightly said that every solution has a place in a person's financial plan yep. but everyone's financial plan is different unfortunately you will see in this in most places that the life insurances are the same someone has x amount of cover and 50% of that is critical illness cover uh, that needs to change and people need to figure out like you said the thumb rules help in at least giving someone a direction into how much insurance they need once they have figured that out we can look at different solutions based on affordability one of the approaches i use is to first ask affordability i was like what is the amount that if you paid you would be happy to pay and wouldn't hurt you and wouldn't 
you wouldn't cringe next time i called you that oh <laughs> this guy sold me something which is which is costing me a lot of money every month sure so and when they give me that number i said okay this is your number this is my number this is the ideal number that you should be paying and we try to come to an agreement where we can kind of uh, you know come to a number that you know suits the the purpose at that time so n- every product is uh, has a purpose uh, it depends on the need of the client at that time right um, gentlemen uh, it's been a pleasure uh, quick how can uh, someone find you uh, your social ha- social media handles if they need to get in touch with you um, if you can give a quick shout out to our audience on uh, on those details so for me ronakmehta.com is my website they can reach out to me through my website they can also connect me with me on my linkedin so i'm ronakmehta on linkedin you can find me so again these are the two simplest ways you can find me all right um i am available uh, on linkedin i've um I've, my name is abhishek datta it's uh, d a t t a so it's easy to find um i have my social media instagram handle is the smart alpha so you can look that up if you ever want to look at tips and there's no tricks but at least there is tips on how to manage your financial life perfect thank you thank you thank you most welcome